Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hollywood Haymaker Podcast. My name is Dustin Dubuque. John Hansen here. We're here. We're back. Mm-hmm. Setting the record for the most snow in February in Wisconsin yesterday. If this is our lives. Continuing to set. I uh, think we're not done yet. Yeah, I know. What is it? February. We're recording this on February. What's today? 13th? Yeah. And we have already had 28 or 30 inches of snow here. Okay. Don't live in Wisconsin. Live other places. It's the snow. Did you work yesterday? I work almost every day. I wasn't yeah, I sure. Was, yeah. I wasn't sure if you did the closure yesterday. I heard every single business in our town was closed besides like three. And I was like, I, I was wonder one if, of the three. I was just going to say, I was like, I thought about it. I'm like, I wonder if John finally did it. I wonder if he finally went. No. I'm done. Did you even have people yesterday? I did. Wow. And every one of them went to my year only customer. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm walking distance from where I work, so I don't believe any weather conditions will ever stop me. Yeah. My only thought was just that is that fact of is it worth it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. I was I, I saw the other cancellation. Oh, some people that canceled yesterday usually don't too. So that's why I thought maybe John, maybe he did it because no. I saw a few other people that I went, wow, that's surprising. Usually they don't uh, close down. So I was like, I wonder if he was one of the if he joined up. So. Yeah. You're such a man. Well, a lot of my customers are on foot anyway. They come from the campus. They That's walk true. over. So. That's true. Again, John owns a comic book store yeah. in, in our town for new listeners. You didn't yeah. know that. That's right. Um, so, that's a funny news. I want to start off with something. So, I talked about Bohemian Rhapsody last week. Right. Right. So, uh, I forgot to tell you, and I know I sent you a text. I didn't want to tell a you. sequel's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoiler alert the ending. Okay. <laughs> I don't think Freddie Mercury uh, made it too much longer after the end okay. of that. Um, no, I, I sent you a text. I wanted. I didn't want to ruin it in text. Uh, John and I like to complain about certain things. Um, one, including the postal service slash UPS. Um, the other thing I like to complain about is uh, bad movie theater experiences. Boy, boy, boy. That I have one during Bohemian. I don't know how I talked about Bohemian. I must have blanked it out of my mind. But my wife brought it up the other night. Because we were talking about going to see a movie this weekend. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I swear to God, if it's as bad as what we just went through. And I went, oh my gosh, I didn't tell John. So we we, we walk into the theater. I'm sure you've maybe had this before. It's pretty, it was late at night. And it was like, I think it was a weekday. So there's not a lot of people there, you know. And, uh. I walk in and I see the group of high schoolers, like the eight of them. And I do that immediate thing where you go, God, I hope they're not in my theater. Like you can tell by the group that this is not a group you want in your movie theater. So we go in, there's another like handful of like eight people in there, you know, movie's just about to start. Here they come. Waltz it in. And immediately I went in my head. I'm like, I know it. This is going to be terrible. Here we go. So, during the trailers, previews, they're loud. Really loud. It's okay. The trailers, I'll live with you being loud. But the second this movie goes dark, you're done. Or else I'm going to destroy you. So, they last ten minutes. You know, movie starts, silent in theater. Movie starts, and then I start to... And they're... Like, I'm, I'm in, the, in the back. They're to our left. 
just in peripheral vision range. So, like, I can't completely block out them being there. And I start to see the flashing. That's phones going up, you know. Because, A, I don't know what movie they thought they were going to see. And, and B, I realized they were not there. They're, they're there to hang out. And, of course, it's a guy and girl. So there's, like, four girls. So it's just hormones are raging over there. And phones are going on and off. And I'm like, here we go. Finally, like, the talking starts. And then, I don't know what kids do, and again, this was like negative 30 degrees out inside, they're going in and out of the theater. I have no idea what they're doing, but I'm noticing this. And I'm like, okay. So we're about halfway, not halfway, half hour in, and it literally turns into them uh, at a party. They just started talking. And I first did the look around the theater. There's like, like I said, there's about eight, nine... Nobody is re they're right next nobody's reacting to these kids. So I finally stand up and I say, You guys have to shut up. We're watching a movie or or get out because we're here. And I couldn't believe the lack of anybody else in the theater on my side. I felt like I was looked at like what a prick. Like I I, I turned to my wife, I'm like, why are these other people not like mad about this? Like what's going on? So there's this one kid who keeps banging his head against the wall. This is happening. And it's making the loud thud. He leaves. And it's quiet. And I'm like, okay. He comes back about 20 minutes later. Again, who knows? What is this kid doing? And it turns crazy again. So now I've learned there's a ringleader here. And he is creating the commotion. So we're like an hour in. He leaves for what seems like the rest of the movie. And I'm like, okay. Apparently they're not going to talk when this kid's not around. He comes waltzing in the last like half hour, um, which leads me to yell at them again. With I'm already like an hour and a half into this movie, I'm now pissed that I cannot sing. Good thing it was Bohemian Rhapsody and it was loud singing. Seventy minutes of the movie, because then you didn't hear them. It didn't matter how loud they were. So the live aid performance is going on at the end of the movie that I talked about, which couldn't be louder in a movie theater, which causes them to now speak as loud as they can to each other, which, during the last 20 minutes of a movie, I have to walk out of a theater, get the employees, and get them in here to watch and stare at the kids so they shut up. John? You should have just asked the manager to have those kids leave. Oh, see, again, I, I did the yell, which, call, which called them, calmed them down. And then... That well, that was the last twenty minutes. I'm like, you have to get these kids out of here. Like, this is ludicrous. And so the manager just did the thing where they stood, stood by the, and which shuts them up because they're like sixteen. And I'm just like, oh, John. Maybe that's why <laughs> I didn't have as much fun. I don't know how I forgot all about that, but I'm like, I have to tell John on air because it was so stupid. Well, you still gave the movie a positive review, so it must have been really good. Yeah. Oh. I, have you had? Uh, that bad. I don't think I've had one. Again, they're kids, so it's a little different. I don't think I've had an experience that bad in a movie in years. Yeah. I can literally name the other two times where I physically saw somebody get yelled at, and both were not by me. Like, that I just saw it get really, really bad. There was one time my wife and I saw something. I'll never remember. It's years ago. Very, not very many people in the theater. And it was two adults, two adult ladies, 50s. Just talking. Just having a convo. Like there's nothing going on. And as I take the breath, like I'm going to talk to them, all the way across the theater, a guy goes, 
shut up and just screams and he's just like this is not social hour i paid money and he stands up i mean he is there on one side and she is on they, he is on the other and that done they did not say a word the rest of the movie that was the last one i can remember but as it it's been years since i've had a one where i've had to like physically tell somebody to shut up okay sorry well, let's talk something positive <laughs> that's my rant uh, well, other than that, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, highest grossing drama of all time. $840 million. What? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Highest grossing drama? Yeah, drama. Really? Yeah. What, what, was the, what was the previous record hold? Ooh. Put me, uh, on this, put me on the spot here, huh? Um, you would think... I mean, but you know what my first thought was when I read that? I'm like, what did they classify Titanic? There's The, the, the big headline was... Yeah. Highest, I'm like, well, Titanic to me is... A drama. Right. And that made how many bazillions of dollars? So that can't be right of the thing I read now that I say it out loud. I didn't think of Titanic from right at this moment. Um, let me look up. But still, that's pretty good. For, yeah. Um, for, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. It's doing well. Um, I've heard nothing but good things from the people I've seen it. Right. Well, here's some of the other ones. I don't have numbers. Oh, they have Titanic under romantic movies that not a drama apparently that's different okay that well, what, what's the number two drama now um load. oh of course it starts me at 25 instead of two uh ghost ghost was not a romantic uh, uh, that's ghost just, is the same genre as that's what i would think oh pearl harbor that's that's the next one pearl harbor was the previous mm-hmm. that's a little weird that's that's a military. That's a war. That's a yeah, but it's like an action war movie. Kind of. There's a whole. It's an action war movie going around <laughs> a three way love triangle. Yeah. I mean, what is the last time you watched? I would say Pearl Harbor and Titanic are the same genre. I would think so too. So maybe I don't it's know. Maybe kinda, it's it's kind of weird. Maybe it's a biopic. Maybe that's maybe that's how they're classifying it. Do you yeah. think that? I don't know. I don't care that much. It's doing good. That's all that matters. Yeah, it's doing really well, and uh, that's why uh, I'll talk. Oscars is the weekend as uh, next weekend, not this upcoming one. The after, I'll talk a little more about that uh, next week. Just for that. Uh, so the other couple news items I have are: uh, Did you see the big? Uh, so we're talking Batman a lot apparently because that's what's. Real. Did you see that actor? That was the most. I, I, we had somebody message us on our Facebook page about it, but I read about it right before that. Uh, that Robert Pattinson could be Batman. Yeah, I almost brought it up last week because I'd actually heard it last week, yeah. but I didn't mention it because I just figured it was just a rumor. I mean, how serious is this really being taken? I don't know. I, I, I've read about it a couple more times since, and he haven't, he hasn't said no. I've never heard him. Well, I'm sure he'd be happy to get some work. Of course. He's done lately. Um, it's been a while. I, I, I saw him in, I literally thought about it the other night, and I'm like, what movies have I seen him in? And I thought of two. And that was The Rover. Came out a couple years ago. Really small indie movie. Mm-hmm. And then the only other like big name movie I could think of, big name, quote unquote, was that Water for Elephants movie that came out years ago with uh, Christoph Waltz. I saw a movie with him. Um, I don't know if I can't remember the name of it, but him and his brother were like bank robbers. Oh. That, kind of a small... Oh, it's called Good Times. Good Times. That's right. That was just last year. Good Time, yeah. Was it just last I year? I think so. Or um, this year. One of the two. Nah, it was, it was at least last year. Yeah. That Maybe right. two years ago. 
But um, I actually really liked it, and I, I thought his acting was uh, surprisingly good in it. Um, I don't see him as Batman. Um, I, just because he played a vampire doesn't mean he can play the bat. You know? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know how serious this rumor is being taken. I, I, the way I've read, I mean, just the fact that I've seen it a bunch. I mean, I, I usually don't like to talk like casting rumors, but I mean, I've just I've read it a lot. So maybe well, we'll see what happens. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a rumor, though. I would either. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't dislike Robert Pattinson. It's fine. Sure. I don't see him as bad. You don't see it. You don't have it. Um, the other big thing out there's a lot of uh, actor-related ones. Uh, Jonah Hill came out a couple days ago and said that he's he don't he no longer wants to make just because we uh, review mid nineties that he no longer wants to make the he's not a comedic comedy guy anymore. He's a serious dramatic actor. He doesn't want to be doing comedy. That, Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he got an Oscar nomination for not doing that in Moneyball. Yeah. When he figured he played a real person, so I was thinking that's what he's doing. But yeah, that's what he came out saying that he's no longer bro comedy anymore. In related news, Jonah Hill no longer heard from. <laughs> I know I was trying to think of. Well, I mean, he's done a few, but I mean, he's still kind of, he's still kind of the goofy guy, right? I mean, even when he's not the bro comedy, he's like, he's still. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street. What's he doing in that? Kind mm, of the same. Kind of the same thing. And Moneyball even needs the comic relief. Yeah. To uh, to Brad Pitt. So I thought that was funny. Maybe it's just because he doesn't want to do those type of movies anymore. But really, good luck. Did you just do like two twenty one jump streets just recently and they were yeah. talking about doing another one with men in black involved. I don't know if that's really happening or not, but that was a crossover they were talking about. Twenty one jump street and men in black, black, yeah. That was a real that was a real crossover discussion. I'm not sure if it's ever happening. Did you see the new trailer Men in Black trailer? Yeah, it actually looked kinda good. It did, right? It looked pretty fun. Yeah. It looked ridiculous. I thought it was like, oh, that's ridiculous. But I actually really liked the third one because I liked uh, Josh Brolin playing Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. That was hilarious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen those in a long time. Bro, the third one was worth watching just for Brolin. <laughs> She's just imitating Tommy Lee Jones the whole time. Yeah. He plays the younger version of Tommy Lee Jones. That's character. right. Yes. And it's hilarious. Man. Brolin is so good. I Brolin makes Brolin a bad great. movie a good movie. Usually he does. Yeah. Other than Jonah Hex. Well, I'll give you that. <laughs> hey, he made, did you watch the Old Boy remake with him? No, I was planning to. It's okay. Him and Elizabeth also do how that movie's not very good. I but. saw the original Old Boy and it turned me off enough that I wasn't yeah. super eager. Dude, people the love that movie. Who? It's a huge cult following. So many people. I, I, I always see it on like underrated movie lists. And it's just a movie that pops up a lot. I'm like, that's random. I mean, I think it's fine. It's got a big twist in it, but it's kind of a disturbing. Oh, it's very disturbing. Yeah. That's why it's amazing that a movie like that, even the remake is, it's quite, it falls under the disturbing. Yeah. You know? And Brolin looks, he's aged in it, like he, he's, you know, and Brolin's an older guy anyway, but Brolin really can look like a younger, older guy, but he can also look like a beat up older guy. He looks beat up an old boy, and it's, when him and Elizabeth Olsen are like together, it looks like there's like a 35-year age range, and it's just like, oh, this is normal. I'm like, is it? doesn't seem that way, but um, yeah. So so that's fun about Jonah Hill, whatever. But then the other thing is, is just because we we talked about some of the stuff like this, like with Kevin Hart, did you see the Liam Neeson stuff? 
Uh, I did. Yeah. Kind of odd. Yeah. Very odd. I just yeah, want to get he, your take on it. Maybe. Can... What I heard was that he, um, he brought up uh, an incident from when he was, I guess, younger. Was it his sister? Something, something that, yeah, something. I don't know. Some relation. Some relation of his was 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 raped, and it kind of made it. I, I, what I heard was that he, for a period of time, was kind of. Um, walking around with a baseball bat or something and looking for people to take his aggression out on or something. Is that kind of the gist of it? Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I don't know why he even brought that up. Kind of weird. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to think of that. I mean... Well, and that was really the big, the big, I think, thing about it was is he, he was in a press junket. Yeah. And why... They asked me, like, where do you get your inspiration sometimes from? Mm-hmm. Why is that the thing you say? So I guess in this movie that this movie's got coming out, which is called Cold Pursuit. Cold Pursuit. He plays a snow a snow plow driver. I, I I think it's hilarious how he keeps he keeps doing these movies where it's like he's just like an average Joe, but he's got to get revenge. He's always getting mixed up with terrorists. We need to stop this. He can't ride an airplane. He can't get on the subway without some terrorist plot unfolding. Wow. Now he's just trying to plow the damn streets, and it's like terrorist plot is coming. Wow. <laughs> So, it's it. I think Liam Neeson has kind of become kind of a joke. Um, I, that was going to be my my segue into like, <laughs> why is this still like every January and February? Yeah. it's bound to have some Liam Neeson terrorist fighting crime. Why is this still a thing? Stop it! You and now even, with this, you can't even walk down the street without with terrorists. <laughs> they take over his planes. They take over right. his trains. Everything. Everything. Take his daughter. They, yeah. they take every. He fights wolves. Yeah. That's a one where it's not a terrorist. It's just a. Can't go in the woods. Can't, can't go in the, There's no terrorists around. You still got to deal with stuff. <laughs> this one was even bad. When I read those plot line where he's like, oh, he's a snowplow driver, I'm like, well, they're, they've, <laughs> they've ran out. Oh, well, I think snowplow driver inherently has drama attached to that. that that's a plot in and of itself. Right. Say no more. Say no more. I'm not I want it. <laughs> well, that's what it is. They want you to be like, Liam Neeson beats up bad guys, does a profession. Like, that's his movies now. And that's what they're assuming that people want. But, yeah, no, the comment was just, like, so weird. And, I mean, he he backtracked by saying that that's how he learned about his racism and that he that doing what he was doing wasn't healthy. And, but still, I mean, you've offered up a really dumb comment. Like, why even do it? Yeah, it, it was... <clears throat> It's kind of strange to bring that up, um, but I think I think the important part was that he he did say that he he learned from it. This isn't who he is now, right? So I mean, hopefully, I think he got jammed through the machine of uh, headlines. You know, yeah, hopefully, the, a lot of things were leaving out that uh, the part where he said he learned that's not obviously as catching as right. Hopefully, we're not going to beat him up forever for this now. Yeah. Hopefully, we beat him up forever for his horrible movies he's making instead. It's true. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I've watched a lot. I mean, I'm done now. Uh, the, the last one, Commuter? Right. Did you watch that one? I think I did. Oh, <laughs> you're so stupid. I think I was just bored at Redbox one day, and I'm like, here you go. And I watched it. I'm like, I got to stop this. I'm done. It was like a library find for me. Yeah. I didn't pay anything to see it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was the same thing. Was, I did I did like The Grey, though. The one with the wolves. Oh, I did not. I did. I did not. I, I enjoyed that it. That movie was so boring. It was so boring. Nothing happens. He's surviving. 
Yeah, it's right. It's cold out. There's wolves biting him. It was so boring. I liked it. I liked it. it was so boring. And I'm going to spoil it because at the end, if you have to years, do, it's yeah. years old. The whole movie is him trying to survive wolves. He's, they, I think a plane went down or something, didn't it? Yeah, yeah he, yeah, he was stranded with some other people, yeah. So the whole movie is him, like, trying to survive wolves, and he, like... And the cold, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and he, like, wraps his hands with, like, tape, and he puts broken glass on them, so he can, like, I guess, physically punch the wolves. Pretty much. If, if need be. Yeah. And it's just, like, him, like, not, you know, not being killed by wolves, but, like, surviving. And the movie ends um, with him finding this, like, wolf... The alpha. The, it's like the head wolf. Yeah, it's like the wolf-like nest or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah the den. It? The den, yes. And he's surrounded by wolves. This is like the climax. Yeah. And guess what happens? Roll credits. You know, and you know, I will give you that. that you know <laughs> wait, what wait, there's more, though. <laughs> there's a post credit scene where we come back, and guess what happens? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Roll more credits. Yeah. That is the gray. I, I, I'll i give you that because the funniest part about that was, I remember I saw it in the theater, they show the part where he has this in the trailer. You you are, so going into the movie, you're prepared. Liam Neeson's going to fight wolves. Yeah. Like, that's what you know. And then they get to the scene, and that's the scene. It they, just ends. I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I'm not saying that the scene was necessary because it's unbelievable. I mean, he's not going to do anything. These wolves are going to eat him. But if you're going to promote, <laughs> that's the part of the movie that you're ready for. And then that's... Uh, I, I heard, and I never watched it because I didn't need to because whatever, was uh, I heard they did shoot that scene and it's like a uh, deleted scene on like, the DVD, I think, or whatever. Where it actually fights them all? I think so. But who knows? That could be like 15 seconds of whatever it is. But yeah, I, I was just like, why did you promote this if it's not a part of it? That's so weird. Yeah, the post credit scene is literally just like a shot of him, and I think there's like a wolf growling at him, and then like it cuts back to black. Again. Yeah, because it's like, here it comes. Like, it, it they, fakes yeah, you out again. Yeah, they fake you out again. Stupid. And nothing happens. I give no it resolution. that. Yeah, that, that is stupid. That was oh, so yeah. stupid. And the way they presented it was just dumb. It's like just that. a waste of time. Just a just That was it. I like this, though. That ending is atrocious. <laughs> I agree. Um... The only other couple things, these are really small things. Uh, did you see the Zombieland 2 announcement? I heard, I thought I heard something a while back. Did we yeah, talk about it? we did, but did you see, like, their official, like, uh, poster? Uh-huh. They did, you know, that 10-year challenge thing that was going around? Oh, yeah, yeah. They did that, okay. where they did the same posters just 10 years later. I was okay. like, oh, that's clever. That's pretty good marketing to think that, you know, you know how things go on Facebook. What, that 10-year challenge last about five days? <laughs> and the people behind that were like, let's yeah. jump on it and do the do it. Yeah. That's clever. I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, I'll talk Oscars quick next week. But it's just, it's amazing that people care. I'll play a game with you quick. When I say the Oscar, the actual show, the TV show, Academy Awards, uh-huh. what's the first thing you think of? I don't know, boring. Thank you. <laughs> right. And that's what I knew you were going to say. I thought you were going to say long or boring. Yeah. Is it the number one complaint every year? It's Pretty long much. and boring? Yeah. So this year, they've cut out uh, uh, awards, and they're doing them in commercial breaks. Okay. And I'm like, good. Good. Nobody cares who won Best Animated Short. Nobody knows what that is. So His family does. That's it. Great. You just won an Academy Award. You just won the highest honor that you can. 
Who cares if you're on TV? That nobody cares about you anyway and gives you the microphone for 40 seconds so you can thank all the workers and creators that have. Nobody cares. So, all, <coughs> and again, I follow the Oscars pretty well. And this is every year I listen to how long they are, how boring they are. Jimmy and, Kimmel, when he hosted, he gave a jet ski to the person that, that was gave funny. the shortest speech. That was a real thing. Yeah, it was real not thing. A joke. Kimmel did a great job his year, yeah. like with some stuff. Granted, was his, and again, I remember that in a couple other parts he did. Well, this year, you know, they don't have a host still. That's what they're saying, yeah. Um, because they couldn't find a replacement for Kevin Hart. So they're just going to do random. And they're going to, they, they accentuated that they're going to play all the music live. They do that every year. Yeah. That no, Really, the Academy Awards is saying, you know what you should watch us for? To watch Lady Gaga sing that song. That's on the radio constantly and was from that one movie. That is literally what it is. It's three hours of you ready for Lady Gaga performance because it's going to happen. Like, but it's so funny. So now they've cut out like stupid, like stuff that nobody cares about, which is fine. Yeah. And now people are mad about it. And now there's a whole bunch of things going on. Oh, let's give them all TV time. I'm like, what is happening? Everybody complains that it's too long. And now we're making it shorter and everybody's complaining. I hate it. Cut them all out. Well, we only care about six of the awards, even if you do. Give us the actors and actresses, best movie, best director. We're in, we're out in an hour. Done. They could do like what they do at the Super Bowl and have like a pregame. And all those other awards could be part of the pregame. Right. And if, if you're one of the people that only cares about the main ones, you tune in for the main show. Right. Why is that not a great idea? That is a great idea. Why? You could even live stream over the internet the other stuff. Ooh. And only televise the main stuff. Exactly, John. There's 24 awards, I think. 24, 26 awards. Show eight of them. Best animated movie, best foreign film, sure. Those are fine enough. But again, best makeup and hairstyling? Who cares? And here's the biggest problem I have, too, um, is... So the award show always runs long. What is always the last three awards? The awards you care about. Mm-hmm. Best actor, best actress, best film. Yeah. And they're always running low on time. Because the guy who won best digital short went over his time slot talking and talking and talking. And and now we have less time at the end. So, oh, just so you know, best picture is uh, Star is Born. Here's Bradley Cooper. Let's listen to Oh, we can't. Roll credits. That happened a couple years ago. They announced it. They had no time to talk on the mic, and they just had to go. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, wait, wait! We yeah. wait all night for this one thing, and now you cut it, cut it off because you guys went long." Yeah, stupid. I don't know. That's my random vent. I was reading about it this morning. And I'm like, oh, that's "So stupid." All right, we have movie reviews. What do you want to start with? Well, I mean, we can start with Outfield Pretty since we both seen it. Yeah. Um, when did you see it? It's been a while, a couple yeah. months. I watched it when it first came out on DVD. Yeah. I I'll s- let you handle that since I think you just watched it. I did. I watched it um, like two nights ago. Um, I Feel Pretty. It's a comedy from Amy Schumer, who I I would say I like generally. Um, I don't have a problem with Amy Schumer. I liked her when she was... I, I started following her when she was on Last Comic Standing yeah. years ago. Yeah, me too. And she was actually one of my favorites on Last Comic Standing. I thought she was very funny. Edgy. I like that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, now she's got a movie career. I liked um, Trainwreck. That's probably... I like Trainwreck. It's pretty funny. 
probably her best film yeah. that I've seen. Totally. Um, so this new one, I feel pretty... I had heard it wasn't that great, but I wanted to see it anyway just because, you know, I was curious, I guess, more than anything. Same. Um, basically, the premise is Amy Schumer plays Amy Schumer, an average-looking woman. Yeah. She's not even that bad-looking, really, when you think about it. it uh, and the point is is she's worse-looking than a supermodel. Yeah, she feels bad about herself. Feels overweight. Sure. She's a little, you know, and she's, you know, Amy Schumer's not. But I mean, for for Hollywood, she's for, overweight. For Hollywood, yeah. For normal humans, she's a normal human. Right, and that's why I thought this was kind of weird because the the opening of the movie is sort of establishing her as this person who feels bad about herself, feels unpretty. Um, going to the gym, she's walking around with a frown all the time. Um, she's going to the gym. She's got to ask for these special shoes that are bigger than normal. And I, I'm like, first of all, what gym do you go to where you borrow their shoes? It just seemed dumb. Like it's not a bowling alley. It's a gym. <laughs> when the gym gives her bowling shoes, like, right. we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've never been to a gym where you borrow their shoes. Oh, that's something new. I... So it seemed weird. It just felt like it was forced. So they could have this awkward moment where she's got to ask for the extra big shoes. I think if that was real, she would have her own shoes. You would think. Especially if she needs the extra big ones or whatever. So, whatever. So, she's walking around. She feels bad about herself. She and feels- let's also remember, you can see Amy Schumer's body. In no way are her feet. Like, she's the extra... Like, <laughs> what size shoe... Say your gym gives away shoes. Mm. I wear a 12. Mm. What size shoe do you wear? 13 and a half. You would think that they at least probably have up to a 13 shoe there. Yeah. And men... Yeah. But yet, somehow, she need, has monster feet. They had her shoe, but it was just, there was this awkward moment where the woman's calling to the other, but get out the big shoes. Right. We got Amy Schumer here what? with the big, giant feet. Uh, apparently, apparently. To embarrass her. And stuff. Right. That's it was, it, yeah, it just felt dumb. And <laughs> seeing Amy Schumer walk around with, like, a frown on her face, looking at herself in the mirror, I'm sitting there going, that's still Amy Schumer. I know Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer has no problem being Amy Schumer. So it felt weird that here she is trying to sell this idea that if you look like that, you should be this unhappy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've seen Amy Schumer is fine in her own skin. When yeah. you see her on TV and stuff. Yeah. And she's not bad looking. No, she's, she's average looking. Yeah, she's said. a pretty girl. Sure. So it just felt weird. I didn't buy into this idea that she was that horribly unattractive. But whatever. So in the movie, she hits her head. At the gym, because she which falls girl, off. which females in movies like always hit their head. That's always how it happens. She falls off the, um, the bike at the gym, yeah. the, the stationary right? stationary bike, bike yeah. And when she comes to, she looks in the mirror and thinks she's just gorgeous. That's the premise of the movie: is that she's walking around with this idea that she's looks like a ten out of ten, sure, and just thinks everyone is. Hitting on her and all this kind of stuff. Got a new lease on life because of the brain damage. Um, most of this movie was not very funny. No, you know, I would think the funniest, and again, I'm thinking back, the first like 10 minutes right after she hits her head, where she's so oblivious. That's kind of fun. I'm not okay. saying it's hilarious. It was okay. You know what? You know where the movie started getting good for me? When Michelle Williams came on screen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Michelle Williams plays a character I've never seen her play before. She's the head of this makeup company. And she she's 
She is hilarious. Did you love her in this movie? Yeah, she's great. She was hilarious in this movie. So funny. Yes. And I kept saying, like, every time she's in a scene, the movie's good. It's good. Right. When she's not in a scene, okay movie. Not great. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's almost worth watching just for Michelle Williams. Yeah, she's great. I was I was waiting for you to bring her bring her up. I figured it was coming. Yeah, she was very funny. Um, but overall, the movie not great. Um, it, it it is what it, you know. It, it's not like it's you know. It's a mix of like Shallow Hal. It has yeah. all that you know, and then like what women want. It's like that kind of thing in there too. It's just like it felt like it was trying to have a message at the end, but it it just didn't really pack much of a punch for me. Right. Um, and again, it's hard to take, it's, it's just like the, not what's the, uh, it's what the, not another teen movie would make fun of is the girl and the nerdy girl in the glasses back in the early two thousands. And I remember she would take her glasses off and all of a sudden she was pretty, you know, it's kind of the same thing here. Amy Schumer, because of course they have to make her look quote unquote unattractive. So she's always wearing like poor clothes. Her hair's always frizzy. She always says that, like you said, she's always frowning and looking sad. But now she has a new life. She does her hair. Yeah. She wears nice clothes. And she always has a smile and perky. Yeah. That's everyone. If I come over to your house and I'm in sweats and my hair's nasty and I look like I just rolled out of bed, I'm going to look a lot different to you than if I, you know, I'm in dress clothes with my hair gelled. Yeah. Like, it's, it is funny and weird that way. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Um, oh, I had one other. Oh, well, you know the other big thing about this movie too is now that you're talking about it, this was around the same time too when they announced the Barbie movie. Okay. And they were going to have Schumer play Barbie. Okay. But then the online backlash was so crazy she had to pull out of the movie. Um, because it's funny we people get on Barbie because it's obviously not anatomically correct. Right. So that was the point. Like, that's the funny of it, is that Amy Schumer is playing Barbie, and she's a little bigger, and she's not Barbie. The people got mad because she wasn't enough Barbie. So this movie was going to be a live action? Uh, or was she yeah, the Barbie one? one? Yeah, from what I know, yeah. So she was just going to be on screen? Yeah. Um, was it going to be like the... I don't get it. it did, well, it didn't even get that. It, it was just... It just came out... It was The news came out around the same time this movie came out. Which was coincidence because then, like Amy, like was like, "Well, I use this movie to talk about like, you know, people look different and are way different." And, you know, she was going to be Barbie, but she goes, "Well, apparently, I'm too big and I'm too dirty." Uh, it, you know, people got on her because of her comedies being dirty because the Barbie is supposed to be this. You know, what do you want to say? All American girl for some reason, it's a doll. But yeah, so she had to pull out, and the movie got, I think, completely canceled because all the hate it got for Amy Schumer going to play Barbie. I get crazy? it. Well, I'm a little confused. I mean, what they were going for. I mean, like in the movie, like the, yeah, like, like by casting her, right? Probably the controversy behind it, maybe. Because I mean, Amy Schumer, for some odd reason, is this controversial figure now. I'm not really sure why she gets it, but she does. Well, I, I think she. She. Brings, I think she plays it up. She plays it up herself. She does, but she also gets hate for everything. Really? Yeah. I guess I didn't know about. Yeah, it. yeah she does. She she gets beat up quite a bit when it comes to like any movie or anything. It did help. Like I love Trainwreck. Who said bad things about Trainwreck? I not nobody. Make a good movie, then we'll say good things about it. That's true. If you make I feel pretty, then we will put it down. Well, and her last Netflix comedy special. Do you watch it? The one where she's in leather. Rough. 
It was bad. It's bad. I and I I said earlier I like her stand up. Same here. And even and was, that special was not a good special. It wasn't. Even my wife and I sat down. We're like, and we like Schumer. Yeah. And we were like, this is rough. Yeah. It's bad. It was. Comedy. It was bad comedy. Yeah. It felt like a bunch of comedy that she didn't run by anybody else first. Yeah. It was just, almost like their Netflix is like, here's some money, here's an hour, yeah. fill it. And instead of doing the thing where they went, you know, a year on towns to make it good, she just went. All right, I got an hour. Let's roll with it. And it was just not very good. It was definitely below her her normal it was. quality for stand up. Yeah. 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 So, well, yeah, I, I feel pretty. It, it, again, it falls under that. Like, like what it, it is, what it is, it's whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you watched it. Now, I, I guess I didn't know that you were an Amy Schumer The special. Yeah. No, the movie. Oh, I, I feel, feel pretty. pretty. Yeah. When you texted me, you watched uh, it, I was like, I'm surprised John even. Cared. Well, like I said, I do like Amy Schumer. I like her stand-up, usually. And I like Trainwreck a lot, and I think she's funny. So I was curious to see it, you know. Sure. Yeah, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did you see? I saw The Girl with the Spider's... Oh, yeah. The Girl with the... The Girl in the Spider's Web. That's what that was. The Girl in the Spider's Web. It's the new... Um, Elizabeth Salander movie. There's been what three oh. three Swedish films, an American remake. Yeah, the American remake was uh, Daniel Craig and uh, Rooney Mara. Yeah, which was literally the only reason why I watched it was that. So this one's supposed to be kind of a soft reboot to that series. They got a new actress playing Elizabeth Salander. And who, who is that? Do you know who is that? Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, I I was curious to see this. I heard it wasn't great, but I I wanted to see it. The trailer looked interesting. It looked stylish and kind of kind of cool, kind of badass a little bit. And again, just to clarify, you didn't see any of the other ones. Um, I saw the Daniel Craig. One. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen the originals, and I haven't read the books that they're based on. Yeah, I read them. Claire Foy. Yeah, what is she from? What is what? What would we know her from? I didn't know her, so I I know her just because I think she was just in something I watched, but I'll never think of else. She's uh oh she was in Unsane this year, um, filmography here we go, kind of an up and coming. Yeah, oh first man, she was okay. Ryan Gosling's wife. That's why I thought I saw her. And then the only other ones I, uh yeah, she's definitely up and comer. She looks like she does a lot more TV than movies. Sure. Okay. So, yeah, so she plays Elizabeth Salander. Um, Elizabeth Salander, I guess if you've seen the other films, you kind of know she's like this kind of badass computer hacker, crime fighter type character. That would, would you describe her pretty much? That like sounds that? right. Kind of like vigilante. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is she's super is she gothy. Yeah. Like gothy, kind of weird, like introvert. Is that her in this one? Yeah, she's got black hair. Sure. And, I don't know. Tattoos. A, a dragon tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> they don't spoil the whole thing yet. <laughs> yeah. She's the girl with the dragon tattoo. Right. Um, so this movie, I'm going to I'm gonna actually just talk about the whole movie. I'm going to spoil it all the way through. Yeah, if it's not good, we don't want you to see it. Yeah, you, you definitely should not see this movie. Um, so the movie opens with uh, Elizabeth Salander and her sister. And they're little girls, I don't know, eight, nine years old, something like that. Um and they're playing chess, and their dad calls them into the bedroom, and we've got this really creepy scene where he's basically hitting on them, and it's going to be like an incest kind of a situation. Um, Elizabeth jumps out the window. Um, 
it looks like a dangerous fall, but she's between a rock and a hard place, and she goes for it. She jumps out the window and makes her escape, but this, the other sister stays. And um, we flash forward, and it's years later, and Elizabeth is now grown, and she's the crime fighter that we that we know that we've been introduced to with the other films, and she she goes. Um, she goes to the home of this guy who's been beating his wife and basically captures him, ties him up and transfers all of his money over to the wife and this kind of stuff. She's, this is the kind of stuff she's doing now. She's so like, that's like pretty much what she does in Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. She's like, instead she, cause she gets raped by the guy in Dragon Tattoo. She does the same thing with the money, right? I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure she sends, but after she extracts her revenge by pretty much raping him back, but. Sure. Interesting. So, so she's still doing the. She's still yeah. She's okay. still beating up evil men and okay. um, you know helping the helping the women and stuff like that. And um, she gets tied up into this plot with um, this evil organization called the Spiders. Um, she basically is asked to do this job of like getting these like nuclear codes that they that these bad guys have stolen, which allows you to access any of the nuclear weapons in the world, apparently. These, I, I never think of movies like this, it's way too easy to get a hold of nukes. Yeah. I, I feel well, like one code, <laughs> the way to get there is not, is, is too easy. Yeah, unless I missed something. It seemed, it, I was a little unclear as to why they couldn't just change the password or change the code. You know, if you lose your password, don't you usually just change your password? Uh, this is for the nukes, John. So they don't have the ability <laughs> to do that, apparently. What if you get locked out? I don't know, but well, then you then you do the thing where you click forgot password. <laughs> for the, would you like a new password for the nuclear codes? Yeah. So was that what is that what comes up? I don't know, but so she's she's got to steal these passwords back. And I, the other thing I wasn't clear on is once the passwords have gotten into their hands, could they have made a copy? I don't know. Whatever. She's got to get them back. Overthinking it. And the big reveal comes when you find out that the leader of the spiders is her sister who's also grown now and has been suffering years of uh of abuse from her father um and is pretty pissed at elizabeth for not having stepped in and helped her out you know elizabeth goes around she helps out all these other women but she never helped out her own sister so her sister's pretty pissed about it and i in my opinion rightfully so i mean it i would i was looking right I was looking for an answer too. I was like, well, why, why wouldn't, why didn't she help her sister? You know, and granted Elizabeth was eight, nine years old at the time, but she didn't call the police. She didn't tell an adult. Like it didn't make sense that she wouldn't you know, do something or tell somebody, you know? So, um, the sister, the, the big climax of the movie comes when the sister confronts Elizabeth and basically says, um, you know, you help all these other women. Why did you not help me? And Elizabeth's response is, you chose him, which I found pretty appalling. Um, That's an odd response. I thought it was appalling. I mean, you know, you're talking about a little girl who's eight, nine years old, and she clearly did not choose the father. I mean, she didn't probably feel like she had anywhere else to go. And there's a lot of people in the world who probably do suffer this kind of abuse and feel like they have no other option, no place to go, no one to go to. And feel powerless. And so to say 
you chose that. I thought, what a horrible message to send out into the world. Um, so I, I was really put off by this movie. I thought it was quite awful. So here is the response I'll get now, especially when I hear you saying it. Um, so when you watch The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American version with Daniel Craig, um, it's relatively, the, and I've watched the three Swedish ones. It's been a while. Um, it's relatively the same movie. Like, pretty much the whole movie follows the same through line as what I'm assuming the book does and the first Girl with the Dragon Tattoo in Sweden. But the ending in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo with uh, Daniel Craig is they end up together, Elizabeth Slender. That's not the ending in the Swedish version. She leaves him. In the American version, she, at the end of the movie, has a little bit of heart. Like, a little bit. In the Swedish versions, zero. She's cold. You know, that whole movie, you're watching a build-up of her relationship, and she throw, she does not care. Even at the end, you think she's going to care. She doesn't. She drives away and leaves the guy like that she was with all the time. So, when I hear you say it on this one, it sounds more right to the character. Like, I just think the character that I watched in the other ones is cold and doesn't care, doesn't think, doesn't see anybody else's perspective other than her own. But she's going out of her way to help these other women. Why is she doing that? I think it's just a way to get revenge on the man. Okay, if, so if it's, not, it's not so much about helping the women, it's more about hurting the men. Right, right. But it's funny that you say that just the way this one goes is that she's hurting the man. Does she hurt her? And again, I do know that the other three, um, a girl who played with fire, I think that revolves around her relationship with her dad, I'm pretty sure. So I think that's, I think there's a middle through line that I think if you, because the first Dragon with Tattoo didn't do well. Reasons why they didn't sequel them. Like, the whole point was to have a trilogy. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen, because nobody wouldn't watch that. Um, so it's amazing why they just skipped two books to make the new one, which was weird. Because that misses a lot. There's a whole bunch of stuff that she does with her dad, which... Is that explained this, in this one? No, I kind of got the impression that she hadn't seen her dad since she ran away. Yeah, and if I'm right, the Swedish version, she's definitely involved. And there's some craziness. But I, I think the ending of saying that you chose him is nuts. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised this movie's not getting a bigger backlash. Like, I've heard no one really I don't complain. think anybody saw it. Yeah. I, 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 when you said you watched it, I forgot it came out. Yeah. I, I remember when it came out, I went, I'm done. I don't need to watch these anymore. And it wasn't uh, uh, Rooney Mara, so I was like, I don't care. It felt to me like they didn't have an ending, and they didn't have an explanation. So they just kind of did a cop out. Sure. Um, but I thought it was a little offensive. So that's how it ends. It's just that, like. There's, it ends there. Um, the sister jumps off a cliff right after that. And that's it. And she. Elizabeth burns down the house okay. that they grew up yeah, in. Grew up which I didn't, I mean, at that point, I didn't really care for the character. I wasn't really behind yeah, her so at you all. Yeah, so you didn't get that. Yeah, considering her sister pretty much killed herself because of you. Yeah, you just told her that. She chose uh, being abused for years by her father. Um, Is it really violent? Uh, probably, I, I wouldn't call it really violent, but it's it's shocking at times. There's a part um, I mentioned to you I almost threw up at one point. Oh, the face part, right? Yeah, so, oh, I, I may have for, forgot to mention the Spiders gang. Um, they're easy to identify because they all have the matching spider tattoo. tattoo. It's the same with the dragon tattoos. I thought that in those ones too. I'm like, I just, if you're going to be committing 
international terrorist acts. Where's the tattoo located? Uh, well, the one guy has it on his hand. wrist. Yeah. I love the wrist. I love it. Every movie that has that, and all they do is have to lift up their, their sleeve. Yeah. Okay. Do you need a mark to prove you're there? Sure. Do you know where you shouldn't have it? Where a place where you yeah. a place where you wear t-shirts and you're given away. Yeah, it, it kind of gives the the heroes a big lead all the time. You know, it's like oh, I got the matching tattoo on it. So um, they recognize that the the Spiders gang all have this particular tattoo. And the one guy that's working with Elizabeth, she or he remembers that um, there's a guy that works down at like the video arcade that's got the tattoo. So he goes down there to question him about his tattoo. His tattoo is on his forehead, and. Of course they, well, but the guy. Did he see the leader? No. Oh, the guy. The guy. <laughs> the guy takes him into the back room and he says, "He says this is not a tattoo. This is a scar that they did this to me." Oh, okay. And he says, because um, he had been working with them and they 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 got a little upset with him because he asked for too much money or got something. It. So he says, "This is what they did to me," and he proceeds to remove his prosthetic nose. Oh. And he's got a he's got a huge gaping hole in the center of his face. Obviously done with CG, but sure. you, you can see inside this guy's head, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's you're done. I didn't need to pay to see that, right? Um, so it's it's a shocking movie at times, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's super violent. Okay, the big climax involves a guy with a sniper rifle picking off all the bad guys one by one until it's just Elizabeth and the sister left to have this big confrontation on the cliff, and that's how the movie ends. Sure, reads like a book. The way you were, like, even describing it. Like, sometimes you can hear a movie described and like, it sounds like a book. That's what this does. So it's not surprising. Yeah, it's based on the fourth book in the series, which I understand was not written by the original author. I guess he Oh, died. Really? okay. I guess he died after doing the first three. Interesting. And then, see, see how much I know? Yeah, well, I had to look all this up. Because I, part of me was really curious to know um, how this movie honestly got made. I'm like... People read this script. Teams of people read these scripts and spend a lot of money to bring these films to, to life. And I, I was a little surprised that they didn't try to come up with a different ending for it. I, I, I really thought the ending was... was you know, and it's surprising it. that they have a decent director. Freddy Alvarez did it. He's okay. the guy who did Don't Breathe and uh, the Evil Dead remake. Okay. So it's not like they, it's just like, you know, there's some money behind this, Yeah. you know? I wonder what the budget was. Um, I I haven't. Budget was forty three million. That's yeah. some money. They only made thirty five. So I think that this ran, this franchise is probably done. So I mean, yeah. I I haven't read the books and I haven't seen all the movies. I only saw the American, um, the remake with Daniel Craig. I would suggest so, the Swedish version, by the way. Yeah. So I don't know how much has been established with these characters. But I thought of a, a better ending would have been to say that Elizabeth actually was trying to help her sister, but maybe the dad had moved with the daughter, knowing that Elizabeth was out there and was likely going to tell on him. He could have moved with the daughter, so now Elizabeth didn't know where the sister was. And even though she was trying to help her, wasn't able to. And that would actually explain why she spent her whole life helping these other women to try to fix what's been done to her own sister. Sure but it never satisfies because you can't undo what's already been done. Yeah. And it sure sounds like they left out again. I think it sure sounds like they didn't prep for people that had no knowledge of anything else. Like if you went into this movie cold mm -hmm. 
it, it sounds like there's a gap there that you don't know. That's what it feels like with the dad and stuff. It just sounds like yeah, they, they leave plugged, him out of the rest. They, of the they plugged and played parts of it. Like how long into the movie? Yeah, we were talking this long about it. Now I'm just interested. Um, how long till her sister showed up as head of the spiders? Not until almost the very end. That's of the movie. what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That sounds like a bad movie. <laughs> just the way you're structuring it. Yeah. Um, so don't see that. We have a bunch of mediocre movies for you this uh, this uh, week, which we're sorry about because we like to talk about good movies. But uh, the movie I watched is on Netflix right now. It's called High Flying Birds. It's uh, Steven Soderbergh's new movie, who I like a lot. I he's hit and miss. With he's me. hit and miss. Like I love the, the the show The Nick. Did you watch that? No. Yeah. God, I love that. I think I canceled like, two seasons on Cinemax, which I'm so sad about. But that was Clive Owen at like his best. Um, Gretchen Andre Holland is in this movie, who was in the Nick too. Um, but you know, I liked uh, um, Aaron Brockovich. I like that. Um, he I like the, the Oceans. First, he did the yeah movies. I like the first Oceans movie. I think I get it after that. Oceans and then um, Out of Sight. Out of Sight. Yeah. I like his fun movies, but he also does these really boring movies like uh, Solaris. Solaris is rough. And Sex Lies and Videotape. Dude, people love that movie, though. I don't know That's why. another movie that people like that I'm like, that's fine. I'm not a big fan. But that was his first big movie, I think, wasn't it? Like yeah. Well, and you know, the other movie I like, and it, it's, this is partially my history part of my life, um, he did the Che movie, which is a two-part, like, four-hour-long movie where it talks about, like, Che, it's Benicio Del Toro plays Che because he looks just like him. Um, like, the uprising in Cuba, and that's fun, like, that two hours. And then he also does the two hours where he, like, dies in Bolivia. And uh, that is the most maybe boring two hours of movie I've ever watched. It is crazy how long it is. I'm like, it is literally just Che and some people living in the jungle for two hours because they realize they can't do anything because they're stuck in the jungle. I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe you made two hours out of this. Nuts. Um, but I like him overall. And he... At least when he makes it, they're not Solaris. Yeah, it's a good example. I didn't think Solaris is not good. Um, but this movie is a nothing. It's, it's a nothing movie. It, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds one, like Soderbergh. Every other movie. It's, that, this movie <laughs> is, is it's, there's nothing to it. It's, sure. So it's about uh, an agent played by Andre Holland. And uh, he is an agent to rookie NBA players. And so the NBA is on lockout right now. So they're not playing, you know. So the NBA players aren't doing anything because it's lockout. And he works for a company where he's, like, not the head guy, but he's, you know, a main guy. And he works with this one uh, this one NBA player, and he wants to sign him, you know, and get his big deals and endorsements and stuff. So he has 72 hours to create and do this big, massive move that's going to change the course of how NBA players are perceived. Like, that's the shtick. Um... And that's it. It's a bunch of... I, I have no problem with movies that talk a lot. It's just him going around talking to different people about plans that aren't that interesting. And, it, it, you know, it, it does the thing in the movie where it's only 90 minutes long. So the setup's not very long to get there. The last, like, 10 minutes is the reveal. Kind of like Ocean's Eleven where they go back and... Excuse me, they go back in time, like, like 48 hours ago. He does this conversation. 24 hours ago, he did this to get here. And I'm like, none of that's interesting. So really, it's him going back. I don't want to, there's nothing to spoil here because it's, it's nothing. You know what's going to happen. He's going to get his way. 
And uh, he has the ending conversation where he, uh, um, uh, you know, the guy who kind of talks down to him in the beginning, he gets to talk down to him because he, he did it right this time. Like, he did it. You didn't know he did it, but he did it. It's like, really? That was my, that was the push? That this. And then there's a whole side part of, like, the, the rookie basketball players that, like, are fun. I would have thought that was more interesting. The rookie, like, life of a basketball player. Because the other weird thing about the movie is, and it doesn't make real sense when you put them together, is they talk to about five real NBA players. Uh, one of them is Carl Anthony Towns, who plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they cut to him, like a documentary. And they talk about what it's like to be a rookie. Like, what's draft day? What's it like the next day? What's it like getting an agent? But that's not really the movie. So, like, when they cut to these guys, they're like, oh, yeah, it was crazy. The, you know, world started spinning. We had all these things. And I'm like, okay. Then they cut back to the movie, and he's in a penthouse talking to his assistant about uh, who he's got to meet at the next meeting next. I'm like, what is... So they kind of put these scenes in there for a little bit of... Um, just to give you a sense of the reality and... Correct. But the reality is not there, because the story isn't about the rookie player. Yeah. The story is about his agent trying to change the landscape of how the NBA works. Like, that's the point. So I'm like, this would be interesting. Like, then I thought, I'm like, you know what the good story would be? That. What's it like for a rookie to get the agent? What's it like to do these things? But that's such a shoved offside. I'm like, so wait a minute, you're getting me all these players telling me the rookie life about a movie that's not about that. So, it's... it's too bad. I usually like movies that are kind of behind the scenes of sports because it's... Right. It's, it's a part of the it's a part of that that you don't normally get to see and they create these interesting narratives usually um, I really enjoyed Moneyball so uh, and like uh, I mean any given Sunday even yep. Oliver Stone was a lot of fun anytime they show like the behind the scenes and the coaches and all that stuff and that's what I wanted and that's what yeah. if that was that and again like when the when the other NBA players are physically talking about their lives this is it. I'm like, what you're saying would be fun to see in a movie. Yeah. Like, this is a crazy time that, like, what is it like? You go from a, a nobody to drafted on TV to a millionaire in a 24-hour span. Yeah. What is that like? life like, you know? and But that's not it. it. It's a fictitious film about this company who's doing all this stuff during the lockout, and then he, you know, pushes his way through everybody, and he's way smarter than everybody, uh, to, be, you know, create this new thing for NBA players. But they don't really tell you what that is because he admits that I don't it's a lot of mumbo jumbo. The yeah. movie's only 90 minutes. So like all the characters you barely know. So like when he gets one over on somebody, you know, you're like, who cares? I don't barely know that person. Why? Because she was mean once that I'm supposed to care that he got one over on her. She's just an agent to another guy. So what? So it was it was shot. I mean, it looked nice. I think Soderbergh was really going for look at the way I can shoot this movie different. Like you could really tell that he was like the camera angles were intentionally trying to be different. You know, like they're in the car instead of just having the normal camera angle between. It was on the floor staring up at them, and I'm like, you're just doing that to do it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was I was a little excited because Zaza Beats is in it. It's easy beats from Deadpool too. Yeah. I like Honestly, her. I'm not usually a, a big Soderbergh fan. When I see his name on something, I usually show a little bit of caution. Sure. I mean, he's definitely done a couple films that I've really loved. Like I said, Out of Sight and the Ocean's movies. But outside of that, most Again, of the stuff he does is pretty boring. Yeah, and, and this one was. I couldn't, for 90 minutes, I, even my wife, 
she, I was an hour in, and she was like telling me to shut it off. I'm like, I can't. I got to talk about it on the podcast quick. I have to finish. I'm like, with 35. She did homework instead. That's what she did. She's like, well, I'm going to go to my car and get my homework. So that's, that's what she chose to do instead of finishing this movie. Like, that's, I mean, it just wasn't there. And, of course, you know, I, I've read, of course, the critics groups who love Soderbergh for everything he does. Like, you know the other movie that wasn't great? It's Traffic. Yeah, Did I wasn't a big fan. Neither was I. And that movie, I think, won Best Picture that year. I didn't know he did that. One. Yeah. Um, and again, I think I was blinded by the Nick because I really love that show. Um, so I was like, that was the last thing I probably watched Soderbergh do. Um, and then I watched this and I was just like, what? What? A no- There's nothing here. There's no- and it, the fact. And then I'm like, this is going to be lost on Netflix forever, right away. I'm like, Fuck. I haven't even heard of it. I only did because I heard a couple of my a couple of my podcast talks about it. And they said they they enjoyed it and like the screenwriters for Moonlight, I think were on it too. And I liked that quite a bit. And I'm like, okay, give it a shot. I saw it was no offense. I saw it was 90 minutes. You know, sometimes time runtime was nice. I was like, oh, I have a little bit of time here. I'm gonna blast through this 90 minute movie, and I'll talk about it. And uh, I was not I was not impressed, and I was bored, bored, bored. Sounds um, like Sodberg to me. Yeah, it really was. I, I'm not. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because now that I talk about it, it really was. So that's uh, that's what I got. Sorry, I didn't watch too many movies this week. I uh, played way too many hours of Red Dead Redemption to finally finish that game. So uh, I'm back on the movie train going forward. But I uh, spent a majority of my week shooting people off boats and horses, and now I'm done. Um, but uh, is there anything else? Uh, nothing that I saw. No. I'm looking forward to... Yeah, we got some stuff coming um, up this week. Happy Death Day I'm going to talk about next week. I think I'm going to, too. I think I'm going to get to the theater, because I know you're going to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. And we can talk about the first one next week, too, a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whatever else crosses our crosses our eyes, but I think that'll be the movie we both see next week. I'm going to try to hit it up. So, yep. that'll be fun. Hopefully you find some better stuff to watch this week. Don't watch... What we just told you, Girl, we just yeah. talked about. Just ignore this stuff, find something else. And if you do watch something that you liked, we haven't talked about it on here, you can find us on Facebook, Hollywood Haymaker Podcast. Uh, leave us a five-star review on iTunes that I'm going to bring. Remind me next week. We'll talk about that. I said I'd watch it, do it this week, but I forgot. Um, those are always great. We are on Instagram now, brand new this week. Throw us up there, Hollywood Haymaker. You can follow us there, post some photos and stuff. And, uh, that's really it. Do those nice things. Listen to us. Give us nice reviews and follow us some places that helps us with viewership and listenership and stuff like that. So I think that's good. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Listen to me, honey, dear. Something's wrong with you, I fear. It's getting harder to please you every year. I don't want to make you blue, but you need a talking to. Like a lot of people I know Is what's wrong with you After you get what you want You don't want it If I gave you the moon You'd grow tired of it soon You're like a baby You want what you want When you want it But after you are presented With what you want, you're discontent.